manufacturing might not be the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Farm Hers, but for Heather Bruce, it has been her whole life to work in and around agriculture-related manufacturing. Heather is the CEO of Osmondson Manufacturing, which is a worldwide leader that sells their parts to original equipment manufacturers, farm stores, and other distributors throughout North America, Australia, Russia, China, Vietnam, and even more countries. Heather is the fifth generation of her family to own the company. Her growing company prides itself on community involvement, continuation of growth, and a family-focused work-life balance, which makes a difference for the women working there. So Heather, thank you for joining us on Farm Her Talks. Thanks so much for having me, Margie. Absolutely. Okay, so first and foremost, let's talk about your business um, because it's something that you are innately connected to, Osmonds and Manufacturing. And um, I want to kind of understand a little bit more about what you do in agricultural manufacturing. So we are a OEM manufacturer. So we make the wear parts that get pulled behind tractors that turn up the soil. So we're very much in the tillage and planting space. So we make harvester knives and anything that's kind of in our wheelhouse. So it's planting, seeding, culture blades, disc blades, that type of thing. And we've been doing that now specifically in that space for almost 100 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's talk about that 100 years and then we'll jump back into this. This has been a family business. Is that right? So it's been a family business. We, My great-grandfather started it in 1903 with Osmonds and Spades. So we made spading shovels back then. And then about the time where his youngest son bought it from him, we turned into being a full-on agriculture, plowshares, tillage, tillage equipment type of a manufacturer. Okay. And so you've continued on that family tradition. And where do you, where are you based? I can see right now, I'm looking at you, that you are sitting somewhere where there's some sort of a manufacturing facility, right? And so are you U.S. based or, or where? Yeah, so we're U.S. based, been in the same town since um, it started back in 1903. So we're in small town, Perry, Iowa. Been in here, we'll stay here um, and... We're hoping to actually be able to grow this space into a secondary location in the Midwest as well. So that's something that's on their horizon. But we're definitely 100% U.S. owned and manufactured. Okay, wonderful. And, you know, um, things are made all around the world, obviously, but that's pretty close to home. And right here in Iowa, where, you know, farming is is still the bread and butter of, of a lot of our communities. So I think that's really great that you guys have committed to continuing to make your products right here in the U.S. So another thing that I think, um, you know, is is hitting businesses is sustainability and how you are working to adjust your manufacturing processes. So, so as we think about manufacturing, um, what do you guys think of in that space? So our, our problem is the same problem everybody's having. It's people. I mean, the, the one problem with Iowa has in general is that we're at a 2% unemployment rate. Well, nationally, if you, um, they consider 3% unemployment really great. So if you're less than 3%, you're really at the almost the unhirable at that point. So we're trying to come up with ways of how we make people's jobs more efficient and easier for them so we can keep them more. So one of the things that we talk about is automation, but our automation is more to do with helping with the workload than it is actually replacing the people. 
So that's one of the things that we've actually really been working hard on between um, unloaders, magnetic things, stuff that really helps make people's job easier so I can hire more of a diverse workforce. Absolutely. And I I, abs- I, I definitely want to know more about that because I, I get excited when I hear about that because I think it broadens out. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't we don't have as many people wanting to fill these types of jobs, right? So you have to get creative about who's going to fill them. And um, so definitely something to talk about. So let's uh, pivot here first and talk a little bit about you. Um, Obviously, you grew up around this family business. And uh, tell me about like how far back this goes for you. Were you engaged in it when you were when you were little? Yeah, so it goes back for me from my memory, at least till preschool age. Um, I used to come out here all the time with my dad. Um, one of the things was, was he, he and my mom very much believed in at, at least getting us to understand and know and kind of get an under, like know what the business is itself. So one of the stories that um, one of our women used to love telling in the office was I would always come out in one of my preschool dresses and I would go and clean the railing. Well, what's heavy manufacturing? It's dirty. It's grimy. It's gross. And she would get upset with my dad. She's going to ruin her dress. I never did. Everything was fine. And so I've done everything from cleaning the rails when I was three, four years old, all the way to working out and shipping, working it downstairs on the lines to working in customer service. I interned here during high school and then left the business for a couple of years. And then I came back and really not really started at the bottom, but definitely started, um, the bottom and worked my way up. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. So I have to ask, did you always know that you wanted to come back to it? Um, because I think this is a unique thing in any family business, right? And, um, I talked to a lot of farms, obviously a lot of, a lot of farmers and a lot of family operations. And there's always kind of this tug pull, so when I was younger, like elementary age, I really wanted to be in the business and do that stuff. About high school age, I'm like, no, nah, I want to do my own thing. I want to set myself apart and I want to come up with my own business and kind of go that route. Didn't think manufacturing was like in my wheelhouse at that time. Fast forward to college and taking operations classes. I'm taking different capstones with business. And I'm like, I really like this. I really enjoy these things. So I had a conversation with my dad about junior year and I'm like, if it's still on the table, I would like to come up with a transition plan and a buyout plan for after I graduate. And so that's basically what we did. And the rest is kind of history now. Yeah. So to be clear, you purchased the business. It's not just something that was handed to you. Right. And and again, this right. is very common in farms because, um, you know, you have a generation that has to move on and, and has to gain their equity out of it. Right. Exactly. So one of the things that my great great grandfather started it's a norwegian tradition for us is that you don't inherit anything and so not to inherit you actually purchase and so whomever's buying it comes up with what we consider the family deal um and we we purchase it for a reasonable rate and so i have i purchased that from my father back in 2019 congratulations that that's huge to purchase any business and to navigate successfully through a transition in a family business is another layer of difficulty and success right when you get through it um yep. so congratulations so you uh own and op- uh, operate the business today Osmondson Manufacturing 
And I know you also have kids of your own now, right? So uh, back to that dress story, are your kids um, a part of the business at all? Because I I always struggle with this a little bit. You know, we have our own business, but so many times our business is not like, it's not tangible like yours is. You know, there's there's not a a manufacturing facility that you can walk into and see what people do and and hear it and smell it and understand it, right? Um, And so... Like, how do you make sure that your kids know and understand and are a part of, of the legacy that you guys have? So we're still navigating that. The lucky part right now is I have kids that are really young. So as long as they're coming to mom's work, that's really all they care about right now. But my oldest son loves doing anything with like the forklifts and kind of watching the machines and the mechanical things kind of work. And then it was really funny. My daughter, who's now three, everybody kind of fills out what they want to be when they grow up with first day of school. And she's like, I'm going to be the boss. Mom's the boss. I'm going to be the boss. I'm like, okay, good. So it's definitely, it's fun navigating. They have a lot of fun being around like the people. And I remember growing up and doing the exact same thing. Like you just got used to the people and what was going on and dad would be in meetings and you just kind of wait. I mean, I'm interested to see kind of the kids develop their own way of what they want to do. If they want to be in the business, that's great. If it's kind of like, "Mm, that's not me. I'm perfectly happy. I just, I'm a very strong proponent of people getting kids engaged in work itself. So they understand it's not this just enigma that they don't know what's going on. So yeah, my kids, they always ask, mommy, can we go to work today? I, uh, I I agree, you know, them understanding that their mom works hard, and I'm sure that this is a very demanding job a lot of different yeah. times. I'm sure that there's peaks um, in what you do, too, right, from a timing standpoint. And mm-hmm. so them seeing that is is extremely important and not an opportunity that everybody has with their kids. So something that's right. pretty special. So speaking of working with children, does your father still work in the business? Uh, how have, have you guys navigated that? So we're still kind of, so we've completely transitioned ownership and me running the business 100% um, in 2018. We're to the point now where he's kind of that personality. He's just, he doesn't want to retire. So he's working kind of on a lot of projects and things for me right now. His big ones, he's still a great asset that I have to kind of bounce ideas off of when it comes to employees or things just kind of going on. Um, And then he's also great to navigate with when it comes to new products we want to offer our customers. He just has that really creative brain that's just like, well, we can do this and offer this and this is how it will help. And so one of the things that we're in the middle of developing is a row cleaner blade that's specifically for us because we've had customers ask us. And so he's been working with our tool and die shop to really hone in on what makes ours different and better, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, um, for all of the things that that you bring to the business, right, and and the ownership, I always try to remember myself when I find myself in a leadership position. There are people who've been doing this for decades and they will always or for a very long time know more than I do. So I think... Uh, making sure that you take every opportunity to lean on them and to gain the expertise and that knowledge and, and bring that to the forefront is is always important. So I'm glad to hear that he's still there. Um, I'm sure adding to the the successful nature of the business for sure. So 
let's talk a little bit about the growth that you guys have seen at Osmondson. So it's been a few years since we've talked to you on the podcast. Um, I think you've had a few kids since then. <laughs> and uh, there's been this thing called a pandemic out there, right? Um, so my, my first question is, how did uh, your business navigate through the pandemic? Was it difficult for you to adapt, adjust, to get the materials that you needed? Uh, was there challenges that you had to navigate through and, and come out on the other side? Yeah. So the biggest challenges that we faced was like basically in the middle of the pandemic, like when everything kind of started, we were just operating as best as we possibly could. When people got it, they were sick. What have you, we, we managed as well as we could based upon the information we were getting um, from Washington and the governor's office, et cetera. The, our biggest challenges was the 10 day quarantine period. Like that's just, even if somebody didn't feel like they felt hundred percent, what have you, they still, that 10 days was rough, especially when five people out causes a line to go down, two people gone can cause a line to be down. So those are struggles that we dealt with. Um, didn't really have to worry about spacing people because everybody's work was more than, and still is more than six feet apart. So that was nice that we didn't really have to change our normal operating procedures, even in the office. Um, when it came to materials, we were really lucky. We have a really great partnership with a lot of our suppliers. So they just, they made sure that we were taken care of. They would give us a heads up if things were being more delayed than usual. So we were able to stay on top of things a little bit better. <laughs> the ironic thing that came to be is PPE stuff started to become challenging because of course most of that's made over in China. Same thing with um, a lot of wood pallets, especially when like Canada shut down for a good amount of time, pallets were really hard for us to come by right at the end of 20, beginning of 21. And then supply chain for the most part on our end has really kind of started to, once they level out, but become more of, we have a normal schedule or system to kind of go by. The hardest part still is electrical components. Like those are anywhere from seven weeks to 50 weeks out. Oh, and that is not a realistic, like seven to 50. I mean, that is a really broad range. You're talking, you know, a couple months to a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so a lot of challenges that I'm sure that you overcame on a probably a hourly, daily, weekly basis. And, and I'm sure it added to your... Um, your bottom line as far as uh, running the company, right? Like you hate to grow through those situations that are tough, but I think that's where we all um, learn a lot and hopefully, you know, we're able to get up and run a little faster when we have to go well, through Well, that's those. the funny thing too is like, it was not only like personal growth for everybody here because we got to kind of pull together more as a team, but I mean, we saw major growth in general because we're an American-based company. So a lot of the countries and stuff that our competition is, they couldn't service. So we took on a lot more customers than we ever foresaw that we'd ever be able to handle. So that was also an interesting challenge that we got to have. Yeah. Yeah. A great problem when you have more business coming in your way and another challenge to be able to service that in the way that people would expect and in, in, to meet your expectations as well. Right. Exactly. So uh, some other ways that I think that you've probably um, seen some growth. How does Osmondson work with the community around you? You're in Perry, Iowa, which is, I guess, would you call Perry like a small to mid-sized town? Um, you know, probably what, uh, maybe 30 minutes from the Des Moines area or something like that. And so um, you, your community is, um, I think, a really great one uh, that 
you know, when you think of small towns, Perry's just a little bit bigger. It's probably kind of the the place where people from all the small towns around you go. What are some of the ways that you participate either in the Perry or in the central Iowa community? So in in Perry in general, we we try to make sure that we're giving back and doing a lot of things with the schools and um, definitely trying to make sure if there's any incentives or things that they're trying to do more with, um, we try to help with. So one of the things that Perry itself did was they finally got like a wrestling program for girls. So we definitely helped um, with that, with kind of help funding it because they were like, yep, we're going to start this. Oh shoot, we don't have any money. So it's one of those things that we definitely try to step in and help as much as we possibly can when it, especially when it comes to things for kids, because that's the next generation. And then I really like the fact that we're going after more ways of women to be doing things and young girls to be doing things on their own, not just, oh, you can be part of the boys team. So there's a lot of that type of stuff. We do a lot when it comes to um, our area itself, especially around the county. We partner with Food Bank of Iowa to do um, food pantry as well as the backpack program. So the backpack program itself is for kids that really can't afford it. Um, snack, like lunches kind of get put into their backpacks um, so that the kids can actually eat, especially when it comes to like holiday time and then in the summertime, they can kind of go to that. And then we have a couple mobile pantries here that kids and families can go to. With all the industry and all the people working, it's great. It's unfortunate that we have such a high poverty line right now. So that's some of the things that we definitely try to help with as much as possible. We're working with the community to help with like offset some of the daycare costs and things. So there's just a lot of little things that we try to make sure that we're helping with, especially all of my employees are within a 30 mile radius of Perry itself. And so we want to make sure that Perry itself is growing and meeting the needs that it needs to, as well as being able to help all the smaller towns like Grand Junction and Rippy and some of those places that are nearby. Yeah. And it matters so much. We've, um, we've definitely done some um, farm her talks episodes with the food bank here in Iowa and even nationally. And those programs are so important. Every time I hear them talk about the numbers of kids of those backpack programs that they give out. Um, I, I, gosh, I'm doing it right now. I start to tear up because like thousands and thousands and thousands of backpacks that go home on the, on the weekends so that there's food for the kids to eat. So thank you for what you do because it makes a difference in your community and it will make a difference for I'm sure years and, and decades even to come. So uh, those things are, are very important and um glad to hear that you guys are, are doing that. So, um, so I know you have your own family, you have your own children, obviously, as we, as we've talked about, um, how do you help your employees? How do you help the people who work at Osmondson, um, you know, have the ability to focus on their families too? So it's, it's one of the things that we try to be very family focused. It's something that we're still working with and trying to, Hey, I still need business to get done. I still need things to happen, but we've had a couple of people where they've had to go down to Mexico or different, different States all together to take care of mothers, family members, what have you. And we, we try to work with them on the time frame to, Hey, yep. I understand. Use this like your PTO time. So you get paid and then we'll just count it as FMLA. We'll count it as just a leave of absence whatever it happens to be so that you can go and take care of your family 
and still come back. Um, the other thing is, is we're just, we're definitely trying to get more feedback from our employees of how, what can else we, can we do more? Do you need more when it comes to daycares? That's become something that's really evident. So the two things that our employees are telling us is we need better housing in the town and we need more daycares. And so it's something we're working with the town and the community in general of, okay, cool. How, how do us businesses help service the town more with all these things? And so it's something we're striving for. The other thing is, is we're, we're definitely, we're doing something right because I have a lot of family who has family in the company. So there's a lot of like mother sons or like husband, wife, brothers, cousins, that kind of thing that are in the, in the business themselves. And it's not just like, Oh, cool. They're new hires. We've had people that have been in the business for five years, 10 years that are family. And it's definitely must be doing something right over the last few years to get that. Because in my mind, you're not going to recommend a family member or a best friend to come work with you do if you don't like where you're working. Absolutely. I mean, that, that speaks volumes, right. And that they stay. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, so, so much, I mean, when, when you, when you step back and are able to think about some of those things and how they affect people and to give that freedom and flexibility where you can, um, obviously while still getting the business done and, and I'm just going to say it, I tend to think that this is why it's important to have women in leadership because many times we're thinking about it from a different lens of what we would need, right. To be successful in that role and women and men think about these things differently many times. It's just, it's just how we're wired, you know? And, um, so I, I think it's so very important. This is why diversity and in leadership matters, right. And any, any large organization, any midsize, even in small organizations, right. Um, it, it definitely matters to your workforce. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. it, it shows, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's showing for you. So, uh, women in manufacturing may not be something that, you know, a lot of us think about when we think about uh, a company like Osmondson that manufactures, you know, uh, farm machinery uh, implements. And so how do you find women to, to be the employees, to be the people that help your business go? A lot of it's been word of mouth and advertising. And the fact that we've actually, we started with two women, um, right, right before the pandemic. Um, and then it's just grown from there. There's been a couple like husband wife duos that have come through. There's been some mother son duos that have come through and they're doing really well. We have some that are in the quality department. We have some that are in tool and die. And I honestly, it's, it's very interesting because the way we operate in general is I'll put you where you're going to succeed. If you want to be in quality, you want to be in tool and die, you want to do these things, prove to me that you can do it and go for it. We don't do anything by seniority um, because I could have somebody here for 30 years that just collecting a paycheck and I have somebody that just hired and they, they have the drive to do more. There's nothing wrong. You need both in the company. I just want to make sure I'm recognizing the people that want to do it. And so the women themselves, a lot of it's become word of mouth. Um, and it's been great too because we've actually hired some unfortunately away from other towns. However, I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact that I now have over a dozen women between the shifts that are here in the factory. 
Absolutely. And and growth in that, right? Over really the last handful of years. I know earlier, I, I kind of put a pause on it. You mentioned that some of the ways that you're working on sustainability um, also mean adjusting your your manufacturing methods to so that maybe, and this has happened in farming also, right? You don't always need that strong back to make these things work. You know, you don't have to have that, but you need to be smart and capable and, and be willing to think about how you adjust. Um, obviously there's, there's always going to be roles that require heavy lifting. Right. Um, and not saying that women can't do heavy lifting, but, um, you know, so I love that you're looking at it from that perspective too, of how can we adapt some of this to make sure that we can hire a more diverse audience or not, we can hire a more diverse set of employees. Yeah, it's it's been great, especially utilizing the automation. Literally, one of the things that we just started doing, one of our newer women, she's in the 40 and older range, and she's five foot nothing. Went out starting by producing maybe only 50 pieces an hour. Now is almost at 100 pieces an hour just from the minor changes that we've made to her job of making it easier by having um, an automatic unloader. So it's one less thing that she has to do physically, but she's still the operator. She's still doing it. And just that amount of throughput and then the pride that she gets for the fact that, Hey, I can keep up with everyone else is huge. Absolutely. I, I, I love this, like little things that you might not always stop to think about that can make a huge (laughs) difference in your business in the end and, and for that employee as well. So, um, I recently had an opportunity to speak to a group uh, right here in Iowa um, about the business case for uh, diversity and inclusion in in business, right? And I mean, there's there's all kinds of numbers out there about why a business thrives, right? When when you have a more diverse mindset there, and and obviously you just pointed out that you have to, you know, the the lack of available people to work means that you have to get more creative around who your employees are than maybe your dad had to 20 years ago, right? And so, I mean, there's obviously a lot of business cases for this. And this was an agricultural group. And um, I, and t- to be honest, it was, it was really all men. And talking about, well, yes, we know there's a need, but how can we, how can we find women who want to work in our business and then how can we keep them? And I think you're illustrating some of these exact points. A, you have to have some who are there to show that it can be done. And word of mouth spreads, right? B, you have to have some flexibility and you have to think about what those women need to be successful there, uh, whether it's something to do their job differently or uh, maybe um, some different ways of looking at your leave policy or whatever it is. A- and then... Um, you know, just listening and, and understanding. But do you have anything else you want to add about how you how you think about that question of not just finding, but making your place of business a place that women want to work? I would say the, really the only thing that I would say, especially for people that are that are interested or just don't know what steps to take, just take baby steps. Honestly, you see this big picture and you want to go ahead and do it and you want to do all these things. Yes, I need to make this major change. Well, Instead of thinking about, oh, shoot, I'm stuck. I can't get it. Make one little change. And that one little change might get that one person that you're needing who can then help facilitate you to get 12 different people or to really make about that huge change that you're wanting to do anyway. And I would definitely say that in general, I think women, unfortunately, aren't and don't see manufacturing as a 
way to go. Similar with farming. They just think it's not like, in, it's not something that we're ever really taught when we're younger of, yep, that's, that's the place you should go to. If you think on it, you think, hey, I love working with my hands or I want to do these things, go and do it. Don't, don't just kind of sit there and think, oh, well, that's not for me. I'm a woman. We can't do all those excuses that I'm sure all of us women kind of think about and turn in our heads. Just do it. You're going to be so much happier by going that route if you're already thinking about it than to spend one more minute at a job behind a desk that you're not liking. Absolutely. Um, it, it's so true. And and I'll, I'll add because I, I think it's important in this case you are a, a woman who is making active decisions about how you can make your your business, Osmondson Manufacturing, can be more successful for the women who work there. And um, that's the other thing I, I told to this, this one gentleman who asked that. I said, I think it's really important that you have women in leadership because they are able to bring that mindset, right, of how you might need to think about some of these things. And I'm not saying you can't think about these, but... We're just wired differently sometimes. And so having somebody who brings those things to the table is very important. And if your business is so small that you don't, you can't hire somebody else, you know, a, a woman uh, or find the right woman to be in that leadership position, ask ask another woman that you trust and that can help you think about it objectively, because sometimes it's not just right there in front of you. You know, you have to, you have to dig at it a little bit. Exactly. So do you see, uh, obviously, you are, uh, you know, leading Osmondson forward. Do you see other women uh, broadly in the manufacturing industry, maybe in the agricultural manufacturing industry? Are, are there many others like you out there? Um, I haven't really come across too many. I mean, um, obviously, Susie with Kinsey right here in Iowa, she does, I mean, she's doing her thing at Kinsey Manufacturers. and. I think there's starting to be more and more. There's definitely a lot of our customers. We're seeing a lot more women, especially women in leadership roles in our space when it comes to the agricultural and the OEMs and the shortliners. Uh, I'm really excited and I'm hoping to see more. I mean, when I first came back six years ago with the transition period of things, you hardly ever saw a woman at a trade show. Now you go to the trade shows and you see a lot of women really digging in and doing more things. And it's not because they're on the marketing side of things or they're, they're on the operation side and they're, they're thinking and they're doing it. Honestly, they're kicking ass at a lot of stuff. So I hope that it keeps growing. Honestly, I think from the Land Lakes commercial to today, I think that kind of really started a huge impact and I'm hoping it continues. Yeah. And, and, and I, I do think it will. I mean, um, Diversity breeds diversity, right? So when you have people in those spaces, it becomes a lot easier to not be the only one there, yep. you know. And so um, it, it absolutely does matter. And I think it will, uh, as we proceed forward in in a constantly changing economic environment, in a you know, um, agriculture will continue to change. Uh, you have to have that different way of thinking to to survive, to be sustainable um, in in your business, right? Um, so you may have already given, given me this, but what advice would you give to a woman who's listening right now? Who's thinking, maybe that would be for me. Maybe, maybe I would like that. Maybe I should give it a try. Would be to try it. Or if you're still nervous or hesitant, go ahead and talk to people nine times out of 10, especially the women 
that I've talked to in general, if you're thinking about that route, talk to another woman that's in that kind of position that you're wanting or that's in that business and be like, hey, is this something like, why do you love it? Ask the questions that's kind of holding you back. Otherwise, I would say just do it. It's kind of like the Nike, literally just do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about it, you don't have much to lose, right? To, to give it a try or at least ask somebody about it. What's the worst yeah. thing that can happen? You end up being like, yeah, this isn't for me, right? Um, exactly. But you never know unless unless you try and unless you reach out. So how can people find out more about Osmonds and manufacturing if they want to if they want to know more about how to reach out to you? So to reach out to me, you can go ahead and give uh, me a call. I'm at work five days a week from six in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon. So that's really the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm not an email person. Is there a website, um, a website that people could find the phone number for Osmondson or connect to you guys, to your company overall? Yep. So to connect with our company in general um, is just osmondson.com, O-S-M-U-N-D-S-O-N. Um, we have everything there from people you want to reach out and talk to, whether it's our sales team, myself, um, or just kind of check out Osmondson's and get more information on us. Wonderful. Well, Heather, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your perspectives and a little bit about your journey and, and, and the company that you lead. It is great to see you again. I am sure that our paths will cross again at some point, hopefully on Farm Her Talks here. And I want you to know that you are truly an inspiration to everyone who's listening, to women across the board in agriculture, uh, and I'm sure in the manufacturing industry. So thank you for all that you do. Thanks so much, Margie.